0: The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily this day are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us here in worship. We gather in the spirit of those brothers, John and Charles Wesley, who in 1762 opened an elementary school in Kingswood, England, and in so doing sang their hymn which we join in now and then, here also, unite the pair so long disjoined knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, truth and love for all to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Oh. we pray. Grant to us, Lord, we pray, the spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved, it may be that one day in this coming week, you will be in conversation with someone, co-worker, family member, other, someone who is awaiting a word of grace, a word of forgiveness, a word of pardon. And so, come Sunday, we prepare, we get ready to receive and give words of pardon in the week to come with a moment in which our choir sings the curié, and we lift our own, individual prayers of confession to Almighty God. Let us bow and let us pray as the choir guides us. But for thy grace we would not be and but for thy grace grace we could not love and but for thy grace we would not speak but by thy grace we live and love and speak bless us in Christ we pray hear good news if we confess our sins God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness thanks, thanks be to God
1: a lesson from the prophet Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1 and verses 10 to 20. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah, What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bringing offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocation, I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you, even though you make many prayers. I will not listen, for your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow." Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: lesson from the epistle to the Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16 now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen indeed by faith our ancestors received approval by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were his heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading
3: responsibly verses from Psalm 50, 1 through 8, 22 and 23. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and does not keep silence before whom is a devouring fire, round about whom is a mighty tempest. God calls to the heavens above and to the earth that the people may be judged. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare God's righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you, Your burnt offerings are continually before me. Mark this then, you who forget God, or I will tear you apart, and there will be no one to deliver. Those who bring thanksgiving as their sacrifice honor me. To those who go the right way, I will show the salvation of God. as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
0: Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 12 verses 32 through 40. Glory Glory to to you, O Lord. Do not be afraid little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Please be seated. In faith, you are alive to possibility. The haunting portrait of Hebrews 11, as much as any other passage of scripture, calls out and calls up to us and to you. In faith, you are alive to possibility. In the imagination of the biblical writer of Hebrews, unknown to us, himself anonymous, there is the pantheon of those who came before us alive to possibility. They waited and did not see. They expected and did not receive. They looked forward but were not satisfied. But they were alive to possibility, which is faith being alive to possibility, and which is daunting, haunting, searing, and wearing. Faith closes the door to apathy and ignorance as choices for living. Faith commands the road forward, a road of heavy heart and daily dismay and earthly ennui, awaiting, like those figures of old, a better world, a better day, a better life. They died without seeing it in full, but from a distance, waiting, they saw and greeted. On those days when you are tempted to throw in the towel, to retreat, to shuffle off the mantle of possibility, look back for a moment and remember all those who lived in faith, alive to possibility, even and especially when that love was at least temporarily unrequited. The promise and the task of our life in community of your life at its best is just this, in faith you are alive to possibility. My father, dead now nine years, had a salty way of speaking truth. One year he graciously came to play in a golf tournament our church had set up as a fundraiser for Honduran mission and children's work. About 50 men spent the day riding around plunking balls into the woods or beyond Hoping against hope that our proven ineptitude for the game would somehow be momentarily overcome by unearned prowess. This did not happen, not any year. Late in the day, with a 25-foot pot looming, I said, Dad, I could sink this. And he answered, yes, son, you could, but you won't. He was right in the second phrase and also right in the first you could. In faith, we are daily alive to possibility, even when we cannot see it and do not calculate its immediate arrival, perhaps especially then. Faith is painful, for it includes living with endless contention, intractable difference, and seemingly incurable illness, all under the lasting horizon of the possibility of Something different, something better, something good, something right. Yet, as yet, unseen. Today, across this great country, the land of the free and the home of the brave, one might say we feel this keenly. Faith, things hoped for but not seen. The strange world of the Bible, in the large, much stranger than we usually account it come Sunday, opens us again to this same ringing affirmation in Luke 12. Be alert, be prepared, live on the qui vive, for you never know. The earliest rendering of this may have been in the apocalyptic teaching of Jesus, awaiting the coming of the Son of Man himself. But the clearest rendering comes from decades later as the church prepares itself in the face of, shall we say simply, difficulty. The waning but not yet absent expectation of the Messiah's return, and soon and very soon, prompts commands about discipleship, about heavenly hope, about impending judgment, about the middle of the night. And the later still and abiding rendering ours too today, on top of what Jesus may have said, and on top of what Luke clearly wrote, say 85 AD, is just this. To live as a community in faith, to live in faith is to bear the cross of possibility. Bear the cross of possibility. In faith, and you have no choice having been been captured by the confession of the church and the gift of faith, for faith is always and ever and only a gift. In faith, you are alive painfully to possibility. It is true, things could be a whole lot better. Isaiah once foretold it clearly Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. The biblical command to do justice is as plain as the nose on my face, and underneath it is the abiding great deep roiling sea of possibility. Yes, you could. You may not, but you could. Are you sure you want to live with the daunting, haunting reality and faith of possibility? Much easier to live without it Ecclesiastes, not Isaiah. Calvin, not Wesley. Depravity, not possibility. Yet here you are, alive, in the pew, listening, on the radio, wondering again about faith. In faith you are alive to possibility, a word of faith. For those here or listening, for those that is in the orbit of ministry of Marsh Chapel, these things are even a little bit harder. For we are not from this pulpit and in this faith community interested in rigid orthodoxy on the one hand, even newer forms of righteously indignant and progressive orthodoxies, nor in secular humanism or post-religious humanism alone on the other. We baptize, but here we hope that the baptized in holy water will one day be swimming in a cultural sea of clean water. Why the cleansing of baptism only to throw the faithful out into a sewer? No, we are of the liberal perspective here, the now largely attenuated desire to place tradition and experience in dialectic, in dialogue, to affirm A faith amenable to culture and a culture amenable to faith. Or at least the possibility thereof. Faith sets you free here, but not loose. Here, faith sets you free, but not loose. As so many other Sundays over the last many years, we gather today in the shadow of violence, unnecessary and curbable violence, violence abetted by violent speech cascading from national leadership for sure, but tragically finding a home and a hearing, or at least a guest room, in the heart of the heartland. In the liberal tradition, it is not enough to announce faith, pray, and move on, nor in the liberal tradition is it enough to pronounce judgment, curse, and move on though both are more than tempting. No, our work here affirms a word of faith, yes, in a pastoral voice, too, toward a common hope afar. A word of faith in a pastoral voice toward a common hope. Those who hope for no pastoral application of the biblical perspective to our shared dilemmas will find little warmth here. Those who hope for no religious reflection on the depths of our secular wanderings will find little warmth here. There are other pulpits. Ours is, then, by necessity, a pastoral voice. We are thinking of parents in Dayton, Ohio, trying to explain to their elementary-age children why neighboring children and others are maimed when assault, weaponry, or at least its ammunition could be readily outlawed. Some pastor is this week visiting there, you could imagine, about this, with a mom and dad raising kids. We are thinking, too, of grandparents in El Paso, a city that is 84% Hispanic, worried sick about what might await their grandkids, given the deadly combinations of rhetorical hatreds and endlessly available weaponry. Some pastor is this week out making one of the two dozen weekly visits necessary for competent pastoral ministry and praying with granddads and moms in El Paso. Will it always be this way? It may be that the parents in Dayton and the grandparents in El Paso ask their minister, will it always be this way? Easier to shake your head and pray and move on with a shrug, I don't know, I guess so. Truer to tell the gospel. No, these things need not be. And one day there may be a better day. But many in faith have grown old and died awaiting that horizon. Tragically, These tragic horrors are not inevitable. They are communal choices with horrific consequences. We have chosen across the land to prefer it this way. But faith, hear the harsh gospel. At least faith preached in a pastoral voice does not allow for this. In faith you are tragically, alive to possibility, including the possibility of something far better and far different. Having enjoyed a pastoral conversation this week with her, I bring you greetings from El Paso, from Elizabeth Fomby Hall and her fine family. She who did so much a few years ago to grow this Marsh community of faith as our director of hospitality. She and Brian and their three boys are safe. The community there, as you did here in Boston, April 2013, is pulling together, giving blood, weeping with those who weep. She says hello to you and hello to all and hello to all you all together. And she and they are safe for now. In faith you are alive to possibility, a pastoral voice. This summer our National Preacher Series has conjured a witness to faith and community. It takes common hope, a common hope, to undergird a common faith, a faith in community and through community. Your stained glass window here on the west wall of this breezy nave Picture St. Francis, why do you single him out here, Marsh Chapel, to greet you every week, this Francis of peace? Why? It would be easier not to have his chafing voice of reminder so close to hand. It would be easier not to have to see him, alive to possibility, alive to life, working to make and keep human life human. But there he is with the birds, in the beauty of the stained glass. He puts a demand, he puts a hand on me. He bluntly scolds me that I am not free to walk past 30-plus dead bodies in El Paso and Dayton and California and order a cafe latte and with a shrug, muse that nothing can be done and that I am not involved, no. This is the hard news of Luke 12. In faith, you and I are ever alive to possibility. God bless us. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope that we are born to eternal life. Toni Morrison took her last breath this week. Maybe her writing did not move you as it did so many of us, though it seems hard to imagine that. She too spent some lonely, cold, dark winters early on in Syracuse, New York. And as one wrote this week, she also comprehended that being nice is not the same as being good. She wrote in part about what it is like to be actually hated. Hated for things we have no control over. She also celebrated laughter and humor, a way, she said, of taking the reins into your own hands. She placed her characters often in small Midwestern towns like Dayton or El Paso. She could be ruthless in her rendering of the truth, but not hopeless. For all the unspeakably unnecessary slaughter of the day, of her day, and now, alas, once more of our own, her voice did ring out again and again, and from the grave it continues, get up, start over, tomorrow is another day. In 1974, my summer boss, my first real boss, for whom I ran a waterfront with one profound rule, no drowning allowed, was tragically killed in a hunting accident. I grew up with deer hunting all around, dad, uncle, neighbors. He was running the deer above Owasco Lake and his close friend mistook him for one, Court Foster. I was studying in Spain. My mother sent a handwritten, she has excellent penmanship, aerogram, carefully composed. Bob, I am so awfully sorry to have to tell you this. Your dear boss Court, died yesterday. We know how much you loved him. Every evening, Court took us water skiing a kindness meant to divert our attention from what he could not afford to pay us. And Court gathered us every morning for breakfast, every summer breakfast, a huge meal, and necessarily so, by the way, began with his table grace prayer, offered as his Springer Spaniel rustled and dreamed underfoot under the table. Lord, we thank you for this another day. We thank you for this another morning. We thank you for this another day. After Court's death, I realized that my then trajectory toward teaching Spanish literature and a graduate degree at Middlebury or Tulane was not enough. Unamuno, Ortega, and Calderon de la Barca were a good response, perhaps, but not my best response to God. Much as I wanted to avoid the ministry in some ways, His death compelled me at age 20, impelled me as a college senior to think twice, to think again. His death made me alive to possibility. You never know. It may be that someone here or someone listening will be nudged by tragedy into ministry, awakened by tragedy to a new dawn of service, nudged by Jesus, with Jesus, to bear the cross, the daily cross of possibility. You never know. May these deaths make us alive to possibility too, for this is another day, and Lord, we thank you for this another day. In faith, you are alive to possibility, toward a common, hope. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So be dressed for action. Have your lamps lit. Be like those who are awaiting their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Amen. Amen.
2: Please be seated. We now come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, lead me Lord. Of life we praise you for your abiding presence from generation to generation blessing your people strengthening us to lives of service empowering us to witness hear the prayers we offer on behalf of your creation I will end each petition with hear us O God and the response is your mercy is great O God, strengthen your church to do your work in the world. Remind us of your eternal presence so that we may be alive to possibility as we share your peace and love with others. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Lead us from death to life, from falsehood to truth. Lead us from despair to hope from fear to trust. Lead us from hate to love, from war to peace. Let peace fill our hearts, our world, our universe. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Help us to maintain the balance of your creation by recognizing our interconnection with the entire earth. Enable us to recognize the ways that we create damage and give us hope to change our ways. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Draw leaders away from bitterness and into your ways of kindness and mercy. Help them recognize injustice and act to establish righteousness. Replace blame and malice with forgiveness and justice. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Sustain all whose journey feels too hard to bear. Restore the hope of all who despair. Comfort those who are poor, oppressed, persecuted, or homeless. Heal the sick and comfort the grieving, especially those we name before you now. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Bless this congregation that we may continue to be in service to the community of Boston University, the city of Boston. And beyond hear us O God your mercy is great grant that as we serve you now on earth so we may one day rejoice with all the Saints in your kingdom of light and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen and now with the confidence of children of God God we are bold to pray our Father Good morning. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel on this summer Sunday. Thank you for joining us as a part of our community of worship today, whether you are here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio or live stream on the internet, or later via our podcast. In a spirit of friendship, we ask those of you seated in the pews that you locate the red booklets found at each pew toward the center aisle and enter your name and contact information. This helps us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. After the service, everyone is invited to join us for lemonade and light refreshments out on Marsh Plaza, um, and it's a good time to enjoy some fellowship time together as well. We ask your continued support in our efforts to update the Marsh Chapel photo directory. Please see our Director of Hospitality, Heidi Fermanis Courts, after the service if you are interested in submitting a photo for the directory. For all other news and upcoming events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
0: work before us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Friends, since now we're off the air on the radio, off the air, I'm going to take a moment to say a personal word to you. It's great to be back among you, having been a radio listener for some weeks. We thank you for your ministry. We also want to recognize in our midst that we don't often have a chance to see anymore the family of Chris Edwards and LaToya and their children who were baptized here a few years ago. Chris is running part of the Attorney General's office in New Jersey. Likewise, just a little behind them, Dr. Alice DeKenig from Western Canada. For many years, one of our great lay leaders is back with us, what a treat. And we have to say a farewell to Carrie Shunskis, who's going to Minneapolis. And Carrie, we're so grateful for your voice and presence and leadership. Will you greet these for me? With you?